one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. After the failure of last season's celebrity introductions, when we were mumbled at by Bob Dylan, "Ee," spat at by Sean Connery, "Yes, mesh, mesh, it pushy," grunted at by Sylvester Stallone, and almost 84. As well as those celebs who never made the cut, like comedian John Bishop, and cheeky comedian John Bishop, the great Austrian oak, Arnold Schwarzenegger, come with me if you don't want me to shag your maid, and the king himself, Elvis Presley. Thank you very much. So having reached the very bottom of the pile, this week's celebrity is Britain's chief buffoon, Bumbling embarrassment, and oh, this hurts to say, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Bah, by jingo! What, what? I say, is that your wife? Rather. No, Boris, that's not my wife, that's your own shadow. Ah, I say, is there a Mrs. Shadow? Oh, dear God. So, Bojo. Can you tell the listeners why they should sign up to Patreon on Murderwile? So, as Androcles said at the Mountain of Thebes, Sodorochi by Gino what what? You're not answering the question. Ah, but I am. Romanes and Domino's Pizza's Canis. Wibble Wibble by Jingo. Aha, I see. And is that it? No, I have a little message to the lady listeners of Murderwile. I say... Rather, subscribe to Patreon, and I promise not mm, to shag you, or your shadow, your pets, your letterbox, or any hole in your home, unless it's rather. And that, wah, is a bojo promise. Aha, so, if they sign up to Murder Mile today on Patreon, instead of telling them about all the goodies they'll receive, you've promised not to boff them. Ah, well, uh, I said I'd try you promised to try? No, 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 no. I never said promise. You did. You just said, that's a Bojo promise. Wah! Shittus Maximus. Dang it. Hoist by my own petard. Ooh, by Jingo. It's twosies. Time for my early mid-afternoon shag. Ta-ta! Boris! 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 God help us all. So if you'd like to stop Bojo the Clown from producing any more illegitimate offspring, subscribe to Murder Mile on Patreon today, and you'll receive loads of lovely items to take your mind off the shambolic state of our country 
and a large hole in our economy. Wow, a large hole. No, Bojo, you can't shag that, although you are giving it a bloody good try. So before Bojo shags anything else, there's this. Friends, welcome to Mini Mile, your indispensable compendium of UK true crime trivia. This week, we'll ask who lives with the same name as an infamous serial killer, how do you determine the age and sex of human remains, how do you fill a day in prison, what are some of the strangest deaths, and we ask who was London's worst robber. And with only a few short weeks until the brand new Murder Mile multi-part series, here's this week's episode of Mini Mile. So let's kick things off with a little How do you do? By learning more about some infamous murderers and serial killers on a more social level. This week, which poor unfortunates were born with the same name as a serial killer? Often I've made a little joke that Steve Wright, the Suffolk Strangler and Ipswich Ripper, can easily be confused with the highly respected BBC Radio 2 DJ, Steve Wright. Steve Wright in the afternoon. But there are loads of other Steve Wrights for him to be confused with. So, here goes. Number one, Steve Wright. The Suffolk Strangler, convicted of five counts of murder in 2006. He also has a namesake, who was a former NFL offensive tackler for the American football team, the Green Bay Packers. Steve Wright was also a professional baseball pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, a bassist for the Greg Kine Band, a former English football player, manager and trainer for Bolton Wanderers, Norwich City and Brighton and Hove Albion, and a former professional footballer for these teams, Colchester United, Braintree Town, Wrexham, Torquay United, Crew Alexander, Rill, Chelmsford City, Wivenhoe Town and Harwich and Parkstone. Oh yes, all the big teams. But there is also a Steve Wright, who works as a course leader in fashion design at the University of South Wales, an operations manager at Golf Buggies GB in Wakefield, head of medical services and physiotherapy for Southampton Football Club, and my personal favourite, chief executive officers of Christie's London. No, not that Christie's. And he is in charge of expensive hats. Number two, Peter Sutcliffe the Yorkshire Ripper, murderer of 13 women between 1975 and 1980. His namesakes include a former English footballer for Manchester United, a famous racing driver, a supply chain manager for Tasty Products Limited in Auckland, the editor of a special needs magazine in Lanarkshire, an area officer for the Salvation Army in central Queensland, and a pastor, no, not like Tagliatelli, but the type of pastor who gets drunk on Charing Cross Road and abuses paramedics by shouting, I've got immunity from the Vatican! There is also a pastor in Queensland called Peter Sutcliffe. Number three, Stephen Port, the grinder killer. Convicted of four murders so far, and although he worked as a chef in a Deptford bus garage, his namesakes are also a karate black belt in Minneapolis, an audit manager at a company that I read as ACAST, 
so I assume that his job was probably to organise the cocaine. But there are also two Stephen Ports who work as chefs in the Swindon area. And according to those in the know, there are currently 26 Stephen Ports on the gay dating app Grinder. Oh, aren't people witty. Number four, Dennis Nielsen. Ah, Dennis. Serial killer, civil servant, and mulled winemaker. But his many namesakes include a former wannabe Republican senator. There is also a Dennis Nielsen with a PhD in politics in Washington, an adjunct lecturer at Malloy College in New York, director of Sealand Region in Denmark, and most frighteningly of all, there is a Dennis Nielsen who is a debt collector in Guildford. Number five, Ted Bundy, the crazy lady's favourite. His namesakes include Vice President of Marketing at Samsung Electronics in New Zealand, a senior lawyer in Wichita, Kansas, a supervisor at Ollie's Bargain Outlet in North Fort Myers, Florida, a home building inspector in Tampa, Florida, and a reflexologist in London. Number 6. Ian Brady, the Moore's murderer. His namesakes include a Bitcoin trader in Wichita, a customer service manager in the Wirral, a horse stud manager in Toowoomba, Australia. G'day mate, let's get those horses shagging. But first, a beer. Ian Brady is also a bus driver for Greyhound in Ontario, Canada. And most bafflingly of all, a man with the same name as Ian Brady, the infamous child murderer, is also a professional nanny and babysitter in Gloucester. Honestly, mate, change your name. Number 7. Rose West. The serial killer who, with her husband Fred, participated in the murder of her own 8-year-old stepdaughter, Charmaine. Her namesakes include a risk consultant in Detroit, a surgical scheduler in New York Hospital, a special education teacher at a school in Ilford, and a personal health coach in, yes, that place has popped up again, Tampa, Florida. Number eight, Rose's husband, Fred, who was a plasterer and a handyman. His namesakes include a strategic planner for the Jesus Film Project in California, an education consultant in North Carolina, and you couldn't make it up, a self-employed landlord and handyman in Cambridgeshire. Number nine, Jeffrey Dahmer, the rapist, murderer, and cannibal of 17 young men and boys. There is a Jeffrey Dahmer who is an engineer at IBM in California, a cashier at Sam's Club in Cedar Park, Texas, a UPS driver in Kitchener, Canada. Open up, it's Jeffrey Dahmer. I've got something for you. And oddly enough, there is a Jeffrey Dahmer from Georgetown in Texas who works in human resources. Yes, I'll repeat that for you. There is a man with the same name as the Milwaukee cannibal who works in human resources. And finally, number 10, John Reginald Christie, Lothario, tea maker and star of Murder Mile. Now there is only one John Reginald Halliday Christie and very few John Reginald Christies, but there are quite a few John Christies, such as John Christie, the chief executive officer of Tesco's International in Thailand. I wondered if you'd like a nice Thai green curry. The Assistant Attorney General for the District of Columbia, 
the Legislative Director of the US House of Representatives, CEO of Christie's International Real Estate. Honestly, if you buy property with them, check the back garden first. The Secretary of Gloucester Speakers Club. And John Christie is also a doctor at St. Martin's Village Medical Centre in Sydney, Australia. John Christie is also a Scottish footballer, a goalkeeper for Southampton, an artist, a climate change scientist at the University of Alabama, an architect for the Southern Pacific Railroad, principal of the Jesus College in Oxford, minister of the Church of Scotland, former mayor of Johannesburg, recipient of the Victoria Cross, and an American engineer and inventor of the Christie suspension system as used by tanks during World War II. Oh, and if you're wondering, although Bojo the Clown is currently our Prime Minister, there is also a Boris Johnson who is a local authority specifier at York Council. Bah! I specify this as a local authority by Jingo! A cleaner at McDonald's in Brighton. Ah, I just need to clean the ladies' loo again. Rather. An astronaut for NASA. Wow! I'll be the first man to hump on the moon! And as he was born, not in the UK, but in the US of A, there is a chance that he could be the next US president. Ah, America! That's 160 million ladies! Wow! Oh dear, you poor buggers. And whilst we're taking a little hiatus between Murder Mile, for those who are missing Extra Mile, here's a little nugget of nonsense to tide you over. Cake. Hmm. I really miss cake. And biscuits. And chocolate. And now, back to the show. Now it's time to get technical. Let's get technical! And by technical, I don't mean how it feels to go through security questions with your online bank when they ask, what's your mother's name? Only for you to panic and say, I don't know, I thought her full name was Mum. What's your first pet? As you try to recall the goldfish, you succeeded in not killing for two weeks, age three, as the real answer is shamefully, I had head lice. What was the first place you lived? To which everyone should answer, um, the womb? And other such bullshit questions, you hastily answered two decades ago, thinking you'll never need them. When in truth, if your security questions were things like, what's your worst drunken moment, your biggest shameful shag, and your most embarrassing purchase, we'd all zing through the security questions. But sadly, it's not. So let's hot wash off the dirt, fluff and stains of those CSR-style crime shows and ask, how exactly does it work? This week, how do you age and date the remains? <sighs> Rather. No, Boris, not date like that. After a human being is deceased, and his or her body has passed through the first three stages of decomposition, autolysis, bloating, active decay, and into the fourth, having become skeletonized, a more detailed explanation can be found in Murder Mile 4. The human body lacks many of the identifying details which can define their age or sex, but there are steps used by pathologists to determine it. Sex. The sex of human remains can only truly be determined once a person has reached adolescence. 
when the body matures and becomes more defined in terms of muscularity and sexuality. As although the bones in males tend to be bigger than in females, this is not always the case. One key bone where this is an exception is the pelvis. A female pelvis is angled at more than 90 degrees, which allows for childbirth, whereas a man's is a lot less. And the pelvic inlet, the center of the pelvis, is a lot larger and denser in females. There is also other skeletal differences between adult males and females. The acetabulum, also known as the pelvic socket, which secures the head of the femur. This is larger in men. Men's chins also tend to be squarer, whereas women's tend to be more pointed. Men's foreheads slant slightly backwards, whereas women's are more rounder. And females don't have brow ridges on their foreheads. Wow, useful to know. Although I'm not fussy. Wow. Age. Thanks to advances in modern anthropology, you can determine the age of a person's remains, not just by the bones, but also by the eyes. An effective tool for pathologists is radiocarbon dating. Previously used to determine the age of organic matter like trees, by working out the decline in its radiation levels, as radiation decays at an exact rate, the same system can be used in bones and eyes. During the course of our lives, the human body is exposed to levels of radiation, and these are retained in microscopic proteins inside the human eye, which are known as crystallines. These crystallines stop growing when you're about two years old. So as is done with trees, a person's age can be determined by the decay of the radiation in the crystallines of the eyes. Eyes decay early during the first three stages of decomposition, so the quicker after death that they can be examined, the better. One slight anomaly which has to be taken into account when carbon dating bones or eyes is that during the 1960s and 1970s, during the height of the Cold War, with so many countries testing nuclear weapons, the air contained much higher levels of radiation, and because of that, so do our eyes, bones and skin. But then again, I'm guessing in years to come, pathologists will simply be able to determine a person's age by seeing how much wear and tear their texting finger has, the levels of Botox in their face, the proportion of sperms to Viagra in their balls, the alcohol content of their liver, especially if they hate their jobs, how many years they've been dating Eva Green based on how worn down to the nub their willy is, <sighs> And if they're a murder walk tour guide in Soho, how much crack they've ingested, having been accosted by junkies? Oh yes, sometimes it's a lovely job. Right, now, as I'm so impoverished that every time I walk into the bank, the cashier weeps. When I donate a pint of blood to the NHS, they give me back three. When I appeared on daytime TV drivel show, Cash in the Attic, the host, a poor man's lovejoy, left £50 behind my sofa. And out of sympathy, the sperm clinic pays me a tenner a pop for a pot of my manspooge. Even though I'm so old, it's less like a sticky gloop and is more like a popped bag of sherbet. I'm so poor, I can't even afford to buy Eva Green some shoes. But to be honest, who can? She's got a shoe closet which could bankrupt a Saudi billionaire. So being so broke... I'm having to supplement my meagre income by getting a proper job. Well, I say proper job, 
I've got an interview with my podcast host, Acast. So here goes. Wish me luck. Hi, it's Mike. Oh, I should point out, Acast is a Swedish company, and this is the boss. Björn Benny van Borg Abba Ikea Meatballs. Or whatever his name is. Thankfully, or maybe not, this is all being translated by the sales monkey. So the boss just said, Hiya, Acast boss here. Hello, Acast boss. Thank you for interviewing me. Ah, he says, yeah, whatevs. Let's get this over and done with, as I've got a date with six sumo sex workers who love mainlining herring-flavoured vodka jelly shots in my in-house miniature pony sex dungeon. Well, it is a Tuesday. So to see if you're Acast material, I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, okay, I'm ready. Question one. What makes a good employee at Acast? Hmm, that's a tough one. Uh, but I'd have to say... Punctuality? No! What's punctuality got with being mashed 24-7? No! Even the lowliest cocaine shoveler has to do 16 loop-the-loops in the Super G in-house vodka jelly shot sumo karaoke monorail, and all without spewing. You do that, and you're in. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. Question two. What makes a good podcast? Hmm. Well, uh, I guess that would be... Quality? Quality? Flip off? Podcasts fit into two categories. One's by famous people and others. Famous folk we love, even though interviewing their famous chums is a bit of a piss-easy cop-out. So the best of the others are podcasters who don't drown when we race them in the Daily Scuba Champagne Donkey Derby, don't break when we wear them like a pair of fat squishy slippers, and those who don't squeal, wince or pop when we do lewd things to them. Like really lewd things. Oh, forget Amsterdam. If they weren't too knackered from crying, the things we do to shout podcasters, ooh, it'd make their eyes water. Uh Aha, I see. So no, you bolt up that question too. Right, last one. How do we decide which podcasters to give an advert to? Hmm, well, uh, I guess it's some sort of clever algorithm based on data and downloads? What? Are you a moron? No! As I just said, it's based on who's most famous. All of the adverts this week are going to the following podcasts. Chevy Chase's Heavy Racists, where he weighs fat fascists and taunts them with the knowledge that everything they're about to eat has probably been made by immigrants. Sting's Things Which Go Ping, a podcast about celebrity egg timers, as well as self-explanatory podcasts like Vernon Kay Plays in the Hay, David Suchet Shuffles Sachets, Snoop Doggy Dog Hogs the Duvet, and Emily Blunt repeatedly uses the word... Actually, I think we need to come up with a better title for that one. Oh, and my personal favourite, Brad Pitt's Down with the Squits. A chat with Brad and his famous pals about the hilarious times they could have shat through the eye of a needle. So, Mac, no job for you. Oh, wait. The boss has just asked if you fancy a job as PJP First Class. Uh, well, uh, yes, great. Uh, sorry, what's a P? 
PJP First Class? Ah, it's a key position in our podcaster Jenga Tower. Uh Uh-huh. And it's unpaid. Oh. But if I do it, will I get an advert in my show? You know, Mark. I don't know. I see. So here's either an advert, a gap, or the sounds of me dying of hunger. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And now back to our returning section called Doing Bird. Wah, Bajingo! Tell me more about getting some prison sexy time. No, uh, we discussed that last week, Boris. And besides, I'm sure you'll be in prison soon enough. Ah, but little Bojo needs a little prison BJ. Ooh, jolly hockey sticks. Here's an ill-thought-out plan which will almost certainly work. (laughs) Arsenal are Magnus Canis Ploppus which in Latin means Arsenal or Doggy-Doo. Here, yeah, under Section 42 of the Posh Gets Getting Banged Up for Nookie Act, as Arsenal have been a bit shit of late, I can only charge you with being uncharacteristically honest, which for you is a crime against your own loathsome self. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-
Each UK prisoner is allowed a total of 12 books in their cell, or 14 if you include a dictionary and the Bible or the Quran. And all books must be screened and vetted for unsuitable content, such as terrorism, racism, prison breaks, etc. Wow! Here's my list. Book 1. The Kama Sutra. Number 2. Birds. Dennis Nielsen kept two budgery guards in his cell at HMP Full Sutton. But only a few prisons allow this privilege for well-behaved long-term prisoners. But they are only allowed to keep the birds until it dies. Once it has expired, a new bird cannot be purchased. Book 2. How to speak English. Vide Cormeum Bullshitus Maximus. Number 3. Craft Supplies. Different prisons have different rules, but well-behaved prisoners are allowed craft supplies to aid their rehabilitation, such as paints, scissors, brushes, pens, pencils and scrapbooks. But no glue. Strictly no glue. Book 3. Brexit for Dummies. Number 4. Musical instruments. Well-behaved prisoners are allowed one instrument, limited to just a guitar, a harmonica, a recorder, or a flute. I'd have a trumpet, as one loves blowing one's own trumpet. Thankfully, although I'm rather fat, I can actually reach. (sighs) Number five, games consoles. These are for prisoners who have earned the most privileges. Games consoles must not be able to connect to the internet, the games must not be 18 rated, and the consoles must not be publicly funded. I'll just stick to strip poker. Bah! I've only got the joker. How apt. Mmm, I best take my pants off. <sighs> Number six, yoga mats. As of 2015, yoga mats have become standard issue in most prisons, regardless of behavior as it helps keep the prisoners calm. And flexible, rather. Number seven, shin guards. Plastic shin guards to protect the prisoners during sports are allowed, as the less injuries there are, the less fights that occur, and also limits their time in the prison infirmary owing to bumps and scrapes, as well as carpet burns by Jingo. And number eight, a television. Well-behaved prisoners are allowed a television at a cost of £1 per week, which is taken from their weekly allowance. But they are not allowed to watch it instead of doing their duties. Bah! Hook me up some Swedish porn, eh? Go, little Boudreau! Rise! Uh, Boris, that's a news story about potholes. Ooh, rather! Well, to quote my Eton alma mater... A hole is a hole, by Jingo! But there are some innocent items which are also banned in UK prisons. Number one, chewing gum. Banned for three reasons. Firstly, it leaves a sticky mess on the floor. (laughs) Shut up, Boris. Two, prisoners can make an impression of a prison officer's keys. This is unlikely but possible. And three, it can also be used to jam the locks on a prison door. Item number two. Blue tack. This is banned for the same reasons, as are drawing pins. So if a prisoner does have a notice board in their cell, it's either a wipe clean board, or to pin things up, they have to use toothpaste as an adhesive. Number three, 
black or white clothing. For the first six months of incarceration, all prisoners wear prison-issue clothes. But if they are well-behaved, after this period of time, they can wear their own clothes. These must not include hoodies, and they cannot wear anything that is black or white. This is to stop them passing as a prison guard. Number four, sports strips. To limit any gang or group affiliations, all sports strips are banned, as this limits any argument or violence. Unless they are Chelsea fans, then they deserve a right good kicking. Number five, rechargeable items. To prevent prisoners from recharging mobile phones, which are banned in UK prisons, prisoners are banned from having any form of charger, and although they can purchase regular batteries from the prison shop, rechargeable batteries are banned. Six, recording devices. Prisoners can buy radios, CDs and DVD players, but nothing which can record images or sounds, so any MP3 players are banned. Prisoners are also limited to 30 CDs each. And number seven, DVDs classified 18 certificate are banned. But if an 18 certificate film is broadcast on the television, the prisoner can watch it, just not if it's on a DVD, which makes no sense at all. Wow, I've carted in my entire film archive, including Busty Brenda's Bollock Bonanza, Susie Mellons meets the Whopper Chopper, all of which I've starred in. Sadly, the one item which is also banned in UK prisons is condoms. As although sex does happen, as it is banned, so is the most effective barrier against STDs. So for any prisoner who is bunked up with Boris, I wish you well. Ooh, how retro. Let's go bareback, my little beauty. Ah, and now, whilst Bojo gets his end away, let's crack open a new section called Odd Deaths. Hmm, so how did he die? Well, that's the odd thing. This week, I'll give you a quick rundown of some very odd deaths from the UK and other places. In 1791, Frantisek Kotzvara, the Czech violinist and composer, visited a prostitute called Susanna Hill in Vine Street, London. After a delightful dinner, he paid her two shillings to cut off his testicles. She declined his kind offer, having probably eaten too many pickled onions, so he tied a ligature around the doorknob and around his neck and strangled himself to the point of auto-asphyxiation, and mid-intercourse, he died. 1872, Henry Taylor, a pallbearer at Kensal Green Cemetery in West London, tripped over a stone whilst carrying a coffin, and as the 21-stone, solid walnut and brass coffin, complete with weighty corpse, slid forward, it fell on top of him and crushed the pallbearer to death. Oh, how ironic. In 1974, Dr. Basil Brown, during the birth of the fitness boom, the 48-year-old health food nut from Croydon in South London died of liver failure after he drank 38 litres of carrot juice in 10 days and also consumed 70 million units of vitamin A. It is said he believed that if he ate healthily, he could live forever. Winter 1999, 
67-year-old kindly farmer Betty Stobes from Durham, England, was on her motorbike delivering bales of hay to her hungry sheep. When the overexcited flock rushed her, knocked her backwards, she fell down a steep ravine and her motorcycle crushed her to death. July 2008 Being the last resident to be evicted from a block of flats which were being demolished in Bishopstoke near Southampton, instead of leaving to highlight how he felt about his forced eviction, 50-year-old David File decapitated himself with a chainsaw. And in 2008, at a cinema in Birmingham, 24-year-old Atif Rafiq died of heart failure when he bent down to pick up his phone and became wedged between the seat in front of him. And for those of you who are overseas, here's some more. July 2019, 60-year-old Eleanor Struthers Gardner was carrying a large drinking bottle with a 10-inch stainless steel straw, and as she walked through her kitchen, she unexpectedly passed out, collapsed to the floor, and the steel straw pierced her left eye and embedded into her brain, killing her outright. 2019, 62-year-old Salvatore Dissi from Hardando County in Florida was having trouble starting a helicopter, as you do, so instead of calling an engineer, he decided to jumpstart it using a lawnmower. And as it started, the helicopter's fast-moving rotor blades cut off his head. 2018, 32-year-old Rajev Maru of Mumbai was visiting a relative in Nair Hospital an employee asked Rajesh to deliver a canister of liquid oxygen to a room fitted with an MRI scanner. Being highly magnetic, attracted to the metal object, and active. As Rajesh entered the room, the scanner pinned him to itself, crushing his chest bones, and broke open the bottle of liquid oxygen, most of which he ingested. He died instantly. 2017 89-year-old Robert Dreyer crashed a car into a fire hydrant, and although it was gushing water, he managed to escape. But the destruction of the hydrant and the high pressure of the water caused a giant sinkhole to occur, which he fell into and drowned. 2016, 55-year-old Lottie Michelle Belk was taking a nice walk along the beach when a gust of wind whisked up a beach umbrella and propelled it at 25 miles an hour into her chest stabbing her in the heart and killing her instantly. And 2015, Charmaine Maxwell, a member of the American R&B group Brownstone, was enjoying herself and drinking a nice glass of wine when she accidentally fell backwards. The glass she was holding landed behind her, smashed on the ground, and as she hit the ground, the glass shards pierced her neck and her jugular vein. She died of chronic blood loss. So if you enjoyed that, we'll have more odd deaths next week. Wow, I almost broke my neck trying to suck my own... Yes, thank you, Boris. Thank you, thank you. And now for... True Crime Swapsy Time! Where each week I share with you another true crime podcast, which you might like or you might not. The choice is yours. Here's the clip. Hey there! We are the True Crime Plagiarists. Ideas thieves, word pinchers, and copycats extraordinaire. We do no research, 
none, zip, zero, nada. But because we're so successful, our millions of listeners always listen to us first, and that they think that every other podcast is ripping us off. Hmm? Clever. We are clever. I'm the self-obsessed narcissist who loves talking about myself. Me, 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 me. But enough about that. Let's talk about me. And this is my pointless friend, whose only job is to add glib comments. That's stupid. Crowbar in a catchphrase. Say what? And repeat everything I just said. And repeat everything I just said. Ha ha, that's so funny. Each week, I pick a less successful podcast at random and blatantly rip it off. Easy peasy. No work, all credit. That's my motto. And as I now make a fabulous living stealing other people's hard work, when it comes to giving credit and sharing my wealth, <clears throat> mum's the word. My bits are the waffly bits about me, obviously, which I say in a loud, excitable and annoying way. My life is so amazing. Don't you wish you were me? And as for the uncredited quotes I stole from podcasters and journalists, I'll read in a dull and slow way. Like I just printed them off Wikipedia. This week's podcast I'm ripping off is Murder Bastards. Have you heard of them? No? Good. So here goes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like they're saying there's a man called Richie Wist, I think. Or it could be Wust or Rust. I don't know. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I missed that bit. Hang on, wind it back. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, Richie West. Yeah, and he killed... No, hang on. I missed that bit too. Oh, sod it. It's a two-parter. Listeners, tune back into our podcast on Thursday to find out more. Unless the Murder Bastard podcast is late, and then come back Friday. Or Saturday. Or whenever. I don't know. Anywho, we are the true crime plagiarists. We're lazy, because you don't know, don't care, and we know that. Okay, bye-bye. And now, on to the final section of the show, called London Weirdos. Here, mate. Yeah, geese? I hear you've lost the plot. Me? I'm a right loopy bastard, I am. Lovely jabbly, me old fruit loop. Come on in. Just don't write your name in shit on me windows. In November 2017, at the back of Morrison's supermarket in Southgate, North London, 44-year-old bungling robber Jason Kehoe was trying to work out what disguise to wear for the robbery he was about to commit. Nervously pacing back and forth, whilst wearing a jumper and a tacky blue tracksuit, Kehoe was unsure whether to wear a baseball hat and a hood to hide his face, which would have gone nicely and unnoticed on such a bright spring day, or whether he should wear his alternative disguise. Hmm, tough one. Having spent an hour racking his limited brains as to which disguise was best for an armed robbery, as the G4S security van he had planned to rob arrived, Kehoe sprang into action having opted for Plan B. As the G4S security worker exited the van with a cash box containing £22,500, Kehoe pulled a 140-year-old loaded French revolver from his tracksuit and threatened the man 
to hand over the cash box. Whilst Kiho was wearing, on his head and face, a pair of underpants, with his eyes peeping through the leg holes, and his nose and mouth were the... Hmm. Well, I think you can guess. Let's just hope that he washed them first, and didn't borrow those underpants from an incontinent pal. Although terrified of being shot, the security worker resisted, wrestled with the pants-wearing robber, and as Keo ran away, with the cash box in his hand, his cunning disguise slipped, the leg holes no longer provided eye holes, and being temporarily blinded by a cotton gusset, the sprinting thief ran face-first into a parked van, whacking his head on the aluminium side and almost knocking himself out cold. The security worker quickly called the police and activated the automatic protection system inside of the cash box, which poured thick and highly visible clouds of permanent blue dye across the money, making them unusable. And as Kehoe ran down the street, with the underroo wearing raider's plan having gone to pot, he flung the cash box in a nearby canal and fled. And although he also tried to fling his bag and his gun into the canal, it missed and landed safely on the path, all of which contained his fingerprints and his DNA, but hopefully not some bum crusties. He admitted robbery and possession of a firearm and was jailed for a total of seven years and two months. And although I'm sure seven years in prison is probably not a pleasant experience, being known by other prisoners as a pants-wearing robber, and all the time being mercilessly ribbed on an almost daily basis, that must make his life inside prison utter pants. And now you know. So, my beloved friends, that was your weekly dose of Minimile. I hope it was a fun, silly, riveting and an exciting companion to your regular murder mile. A big thank you this week to my new Patreon supporters, who are Dan Lawler, as well as my old and current Patreon supporters, anyone who's been on my murder mile walk, anyone who's left a review of murder mile, honestly I read them all and they're very much appreciated, and everyone who enjoys the podcast and shares it with their friends. Murder Mile will be back next week. Love to you all. Tatty bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.